Today, I've got some more thoughts on tracks and promoters blaming streaming services. Plus, we talk extreme midgets at Millbridge, Lucas Light Models at Wheatland, NARC in Oregon and Washington, and more. Let's go. Today is Thursday, May 26th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Back on the Tuesday Daily, we talked about the comments made over the weekend on social media by Terre Haute promoter Scott Ronk. Following two nights of USAC sprint cars at the track he took over this season, Ronk was clearly upset by the lack of attendance and what probably amounted to a not-so-great financial weekend. Jump back to that episode from Tuesday if you want to know more about that kind of situation and my specific thoughts there. But this idea of tracks and promotion has kept me thinking about it all week, and I even had a back and forth with a member of the Dirt Racing Media later in the day on Tuesday about it. I won't say who, just because it doesn't really matter, and I didn't ask permission to include them here, but the wheels continued to turn kind of after that conversation as well. And then last night, I took my little guy and we rolled up to Millbridge to catch night two of the Extreme Outlaw Midgets. It was his first time at a dirt track ever, and my first time in a few years, basically since I left World Racing Group. It was a nice reminder of just how much better it is to be at the track to see the racing versus watching a live stream. Watching him get showered with dirt claws for the first time, answering his million questions about the cars, him getting to see the inside uh, cockpit of a midget, and then there was that one small starstruck moment he had when he saw that driver walk by that he's seen on TV and heard the name so many times. He turned to me and asked, is that Kyle Larson? And of course it was. Millbridge is a bit out of the way, and the good thing there is your cell phone doesn't really work that well, so you basically don't have any other choice but to be engaged in what's happening around you. It reaffirmed my belief that if fans are able and can afford to go, they would much rather be at the track to watch these races than watch them on a streaming services. There's just no comparison between the experience. You will never convince me that a one or two camera broadcast with the track PA piped in, even at a low price, is enough of a show to keep fans away. It feels like there are some out there who either want to do away with the streaming services completely or raise the prices dramatically in hopes that this will push people back to the racetrack. But both things are wrong. First, people right now have three options when it comes to consuming dirt racing. They can either go to the track, they can watch our, uh, online, or they can do nothing. If for whatever reason the first option doesn't happen, either through distance, cost, or anything else, if I gave track and series people the choice... Would you rather those fans watched online or didn't consume the sport at all? Because to me, the answer here seems pretty clear. I'd rather they were doing absolutely anything to be involved versus nothing at all. And second, dirt racing isn't a commodity. You don't raise and lower prices on the two sides like they're equal. This isn't crude oil or pork, uh, pork bellies or frozen concentrated orange juice. Raising streaming prices won't push those folks back to the racetrack that some want you to believe are staying away. They will just find something else to do. So instead of being apathetic and blaming someone else, in this case, the streaming services, the industry just needs to do better. And I see two big areas here for improvement. In all of this, you have to convince people there's no other option but to come to the track. And the question is, how do we do this? Through continuing to improve the at-track experience and through better marketing and promotion. This is the part of the discussion here now where all of the kind of head in the sand, antiquated thinking, apathetic people in the sport say to me, but Justin, who's going to pay for all of that? I'm not advocating for $10 million track renovations here. These places need to start small, build over time, and make progress where they are able. 
Power wash some grandstands. Update your social media and websites regularly. How many tracks and series do you think of any sort, do any sort of digital marketing, like for example, some email lists? You can start a MailChimp account for free and they have free templates. You don't need to have somebody on your staff with a PhD in computer science to do some basic email marketing. And if you think about it, you know all that spam you get in your inbox? Why do they do it so much? Because it freaking works. Get people in and out of your track in a reasonable amount of time on a race night. There's another one. Offer premium concession and beverage options. Have a party deck area where people can stand around, enjoy a beer, and talk to their friends while the racing is going on. That would take a few pop-up tables and some bicycle fencing to do. You talk about the streaming services, leverage the situation with the streaming platform that covers your track to provide you with highlight packages that can be shared then on your social media channels. Make them work for you instead of blaming them for your problems. There are a million ways that don't cost much or anything at all to do all of this better. And there's no reason why weekly shows can't be viewed as bigger events. Turn your drivers into stars, even your weekly drivers, the Hornet drivers, make these guys into stars. And then once we start doing all of this, we can get even deeper and talk about tracking online ticket sales, pay, uh, paid social media campaigns, creating YouTube channels for produced video content, and maybe even paved parking lots. Until we can start doing the basic stuff well, I don't want to hear a word about streaming services driving away race fans. It's a lame excuse, and that sort of thinking will do nothing but drive the industry down. Let's do better instead of complaining. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk today. Now let's talk about some actual racing. Last night at Millbridge for the second round of the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series, we had another wild feature. With so much talent and experience in the field, I really felt like these two nights were dominated by the young drivers. Gavin Bochelle ended up on top on Tuesday night after ba uh, battling with Brent Wiedemann, and then last night it was Ken and McIntosh picking up the victory after a late tussle with Bochelle. McIntosh led most of the feature last night, but he and Bochelle actually started trading sliders late in the going. Coming to three to go, though, Bochelle screwed up into turn three and got too high. He banged off the cushion and the wall pretty hard and ended up turned over. He ended up the night in 18th. The incident with Bochelle basically ended the challenges for the lead, but we were not done with flips. On the ensuing restart, Kyle Larson went tumbling in turn two after he fought his way from the back all the way up to third. He cut the wall wrong in one and went over a few times. He was also done for the night after the incident. McIntosh was able to hold on over the final few circuits and bag the victory with Taylor Reimer finishing second and Zach Dom grabbing his second podium finish of the event in third. Dom leaves the event as the series points leader over McIntosh and Nick Hoffman. The next extreme event is June 10th at Lake Ozark for the sprint cars. The next midget race is June 26th at Jacksonville. It was a very uh, solid two nights of racing, I thought, uh, you know, both watching on the streaming services and being out at the racetrack. Uh, so kudos to Casey Schumann and Brian Dunlap and their crew for making all of this stuff happen. Starting a new series is no easy feat for sure, but they made it look pretty good. Elsewhere last night, we were supposed to have USAC sprint cars at Circle City, but that show was lost to rain and tonight's race at the track has also been canceled as of this morning. So the next event on the calendar for the series is June 14th at Grandview Speedway in Pennsylvania. Looking ahead to tonight, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is scheduled to kick off a three-day weekend at Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri. Things will culminate on Saturday night with the 50,000 to win Show Me 100, definitely one of the crown jewels on the schedule. The forecast for Friday and Saturday look pretty good, but today could be a tough day for racing. As of this, mo uh, this morning in this recording right now, no calls have been made, but stay tuned to websites and social media for any updates. Brandon Shepard enters the weekend as the series points leader by 130 over Tyler Erb, Tim McCready, Jimmy Owens, and Ricky Thornton Jr. complete the top five. 
Hudson O'Neill is the defending Show Me 100 winner from 2021. But over the past six Lucas races, uh, Lucas races at Wheatland, we've had six different winners going back to 2020. The names on the win list include Peyton Looney, Chris Ferguson, Josh Richards, McCready, O'Neill, and Jonathan Davenport. This weekend is a co-sanction with the MLRA series. And on that side, Johnny Scott leads Chris and Chad Simpson in the standings with four nights complete in 2022. According to Dirt on Dirt, besides the Lucas regulars, we should see names like Davenport, Bobby Pierce, Mike Marler, Shannon Babb, Frank Heckenass Jr., Mason Oberkramer, and a lot more this weekend. If racing does happen tonight, the DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula likes Brandon Shepard, and I think I'll go with that pick as well. He's been really strong lately, and he has run well at Wheeland in the past, even though he wasn't on that list of uh, recent winners I just named. Don't forget... If you're doing fantasy racing picks, things like Dirt Draft, the analytics section of DirtTracker.com has a ton of free resources available. You can find those at DirtTracker.com slash analytics. And then if you want even more on top of that, you can grab a subscription to Dirt Tracker Plus for just $4.99 a month. This weekend's Lucas races will be live over on Mav TV Plus. And out west, the NARC 410 Sprint Cars begin a four-race weekend uh, with stops in Oregon and Washington. Tonight is Southern Oregon Speedway, Friday is Willamette Speedway, and Saturday and Sunday they'll be at Grays Harbor up in Washington. With five races complete, Dominic Selzy leads Mitchell Ficino and Shane Golubic in the point standings. Selzy has three wins, Colby Copeland has one, and Corey Day has one so far. It'll be interesting to see how the car counts play out over the next few nights with NARC as the series leaves kind of its traditional base of those California tracks to head up north. Further complicating things is that the Sprint Car Challenge Tour for 360s is also racing this weekend. They have stops at Stockton and Marysville uh, on Saturday and Sunday. I think it'll definitely split the field up a bit. And we know that guys like Shane Golubic uh, will be one of those drivers making choices kind of between the two. His schedule right now shows he'll be at the Oregon races on Thursday and Friday, but the Sprint Car Challenge Tour shows over the weekend. And the same is true for Colby Copeland. The NARC series has put on some really good races so far this year, so definitely check these out on Flow Racing this weekend. Uh, and good luck to fellow YouTuber and past conversations guest Tanner Holmes as he'll be taking on the series for all four nights. There are nine programs on the streaming schedule for today. A busy Thursday here. Flow Racing has... Uh, actually, they don't have the flow. <laughs> USAC Sprint Cars from Circle City. That got canceled, so there's eight shows. Uh, they have NARC 410 Sprint Cars from Southern Oregon, like I just mentioned, and Flow 24-7. MAV-TV Plus has night one of the Lucas Light Models from Lucas Oil Speedway. Fast 4 has the first night of the non-wing world championship from Circus City. Sprint Car Unlimited has 410 sprint cars from Sealands Grove, and there is IMC and Wissota Racing from Speed Sport TV. Uh, those are happening at Southern Oklahoma, Kosuth County, and Gondick Law. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Thursday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.